This week on Earn More Tutoring, I talk with Lauren Mang about how she went from a career in the arts to being a certified professional organizer, how she was able to teach a 10-month-old to do laundry, and why she dislikes apples. I love the way that he made learning fun and relatable and laughable. And I like to think that when I'm giving my presentations or I'm teaching my clients, I'm trying to do the same thing. And, and we do that too with Get Littles Organized. We want kids to laugh and enjoy and have fun with doing the organizing. We don't want this to be this stupid chore they have to do, like paying taxes. Welcome to Earn More Tutoring. Our mission is to eradicate educator poverty. I'm Sean McCormick, your host and the founder of Executive Function Specialists, an online coaching business that helps middle, high school, and college students develop goal-oriented behaviors. My guest today is Lauren Mang. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much, Sean. It's great to be here. Happy to have you. So let's let's start by talking about what you do. Uh, you know, I know we were chatting earlier about Get Littles Organized. Maybe you could give us a little background on that and and what's going on with that, so the audience can understand. Absolutely. So Get Littles Organized is a business I started with my best friend, who is a busy working mom of two littles, who also has a great partner at home who does help out with a lot of the around the house stuff. Um, despite also holding down three part-time jobs. Um, And it just kind of came about because during the pandemic, everybody was at home and um, a lot of moms were feeling like the house was exploding with things because since everybody was home and doing, um, you know, activities to keep, to keep busy and entertained, but then also doing school from home and work from home, it just felt like nobody had control over their homes anymore. There was never any time where the kids were out of the house and occupied in a different way to get things done. And I said, well, you don't need them out of the house to get things done. They need to be a part of that process. And then discussing like, well, how early can kids start to learn organizing skills? And a lot of people are surprised to learn that kids can begin to grasp organizing skills um, before they even turn a year old, but certainly around that year mark. So that's kind of how the business was born. And it's been really fun to run that with her on Instagram. And um, we're having a fun time connecting with other moms, but also stay at home dads. So it's been great. I know it's going to be so big because just it's, it's like, it's such a pain point, right? For people. I mean, I hear it all the time as an executive function coach. One of people's biggest pain points is my kid doesn't pick up after themselves. My kid doesn't have their backpack uh, prepared for school the next day and they show up and they don't have things and then school's challenging. So being able to teach those skills at a young age is so vital. What kind of response have you got from releasing the Instagram and creating the waitlist? Like what, what are you experiencing as you start to roll this out? Well, we are noticing that a lot of the followers are feeling the same way. So we'll try to engage through stories and comments on the reels and find out where the pain points are um, and really helping the audience understand that we're all kind of coming from the same place. We all want to feel a little bit more in control of our home life after it was kind of turned upside down for a couple of years. But then also, you know, educating people to understand, like one of the followers couldn't believe that at eight or nine years old, her son could do laundry. And I was saying, I've, I've had literally a 10 month old help out with laundry. Uh, she was old enough to pull herself up and balance against a front loading washer dryer unit that were next to each other. And, uh, her mom showed her how to pull things out of the dryer and put it in the basket. She showed her how to pull things out of the basket and into the washer and 
instructed her how to do it. And so even though she was not walking yet or verbal, kids are sponges. They're soaking that stuff up. So that's what I mean when I say that they can learn these organizing skills that young. Like, are they sitting there and actually doing the laundry on their own at that age? Absolutely not. But they're doing what they know how to do. And they're being exposed to it early enough to understand that this is a part of daily life, or if this is a part of weekly life. Um, And so I think it's just creating a, a community where people feel supported and are able to get information about exactly how to get kids motivated or interested in doing organizing. What's interesting is that kids actually want to just do what you do and be with you. Um, and oftentimes they're going to mimic life anyway. So we're just pulling kind of on their natural independence, especially in the toddler years, and they're wanting to do it and explore. Um, you probably know this really well, but you know, most kids are kinesthetic learners. They learn by doing, they are visual and they are auditory because we're all kind of a mix, but kids really learn by kind of trial error doing. And so when you get them more involved in, in the chores in that way and inspiring in them in that way, it's great. Like kids don't know yet that they hate vacuuming because they've never done it. They actually think it's the coolest thing ever because they've never done it. And then they might do it a couple of times and say like, oh, wow, this is really hard. Never mind. I don't like it. But don't put your preconceived notions on the kids. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I And honestly, you helped me. I always wanted to get my daughter involved with chores because I was thinking to myself, um, okay, I'm doing chores all the time, right? I'm cleaning dishes and, you know, just constantly cleaning up. And it's a way for me to spend time with her and teach her something. But also it's like, I don't want her to like all of a sudden one day have to do chores. And then she's like, she has no idea what to do. I want it to be a gradual process where she feels more and more ownership and enjoys it. Like, I think, I think chores are by nature a chore, but if we can find joy in the experience of taking care of our homes or, you know, of, of cleaning up and, and be grateful for what we have and use it as a, you know, it's like appreciating those things and then involve our kid in that. It's such a great way to have a positive bond with, with the child. So the other day when I was speaking to you and I was telling you about my daughter and then I told you that she, she really likes to like play with water or like do the dishes you know, or her attempt at the dishes and you're like, Oh, like she's like a water spirit. And and it made me realize, or, you know, you kind of described like she enjoys the kind of kinesthetic experience. And I, ever since then, I've been like putting her on the counter and she, she helps with like one or two dishes as I put everything away and she loves it. Like, it's such a great, I like, I, I can visualize it. It's such a special bonding moment when I'm seeing her like helping and she gets so into it. Like I've never seen her so focused as when she's like cleaning a bowl, you know? So. Well, and you're kind of using that Montessori method too, where it's like, they're learning through actual life experiences and kids love a sensory bin, whether it's, you know, foam soap or rice or water or whatever it is, they like the the touch and the feel of things. And so, um, you're also helping her build her, her kind of mobile dexterity and her hand eye coordination with, you know, holding the dishes, you know, over the sink. And if she drops it, you know, hopefully it won't break, but that's also a learning experience. And Mm -hmm. you're learning that she is really focused and she's focused for that amount of time that she does it for a couple of dishes. And that's perfect. Like don't push her to do it for an extended period of time. Like just for a couple of dishes is really great. And ultimately what we're trying to impress upon with glow or get Lowe's organized is that 
this is not just about teaching your kids organization skills. This is about building lifelong skills that your children are going to need to access as adults. They just happen to be tied to organizing, but you're learning how to curate. You're learning how to time manage. You're learning how to take on tasks and divide up and be a part of a group. And you're going to need all of this in school when that's your job. And then, you know, in life, when you're actually working in a career. And so it's just like we teach our children, you know, they don't like it necessarily to go to bed, right. At a specific time, or they might complain about having to brush their teeth. Um, But we make them do that on a daily basis and doing the dishes and doing certain chores is just a part of everyday function and life. And the sooner they can learn that, the sooner too, they can take on more complex ideas, like leveling up from the clutter area to time management. So it's it's a leveling up process whereby when you're starting younger, you're starting with physical stuff. And this is what we do as professional organizers with our adult clients as well. We're working with physical clutter. And once you kind of get used to that, I won't even say master it, but because we all are always practicing, but once you are used to the physical clutter and have systems in place, you can move on to more abstract concepts like time management and project management. So when we're working with kids and, and Get Little's Organized works with kids, one year old to about seven years old, um, because that's kind of when things start to get a little bit more difficult in school, I think for them, you know, first, second grade and homework. And so then you have to start thinking about managing the schedule and managing how much time it takes to do homework. And so we're hoping that by the time they get to that point, they're already good with the everyday organization. That's now on autopilot because it's a muscle they've built up. That's very strong. And they can now level up to focus on, Um, time management, projectivity, task management, and that kind of thing. And I think that they can then take some of those basic organizing skills they learned younger and even build into those topics that I just mentioned. Yeah. Now, did I mishear you or did you say projectivity as opposed to productivity? Or is that because I was like, is that an organizer term or did I just mishear that? I maybe missaid it. I meant productivity, but I like that. Maybe we well, should coin that. <laughs> I like it. No, I was like, I was like, is that a thing? Because it makes more sense than productivity. It's like when you're working on a pro- project, you need to be produ- productive, projectivity. I was like, oh, that is such a cool term. And I just wanted to make... I think we should coin it. <laughs> You understand it more than a lot of other people because you come from an education background because you work with children who are dealing, you know, with neurodiversity and instead of being neurotypical or who are dealing with, you know, struggling with school and with concepts and with learning and with being put into a box of this is how you have to learn when quite frankly, we all learn so differently. So if we can kind of educate and motivate kids when they're younger and give them a bunch of tools in their toolkit. Hopefully that will also help in the school atmosphere with learning how to troubleshoot, you know, when they come across difficulties. Well, absolutely. So I have to tell you this because I'm not sure if you're aware of this study, but I always lean on this study done by this lady, Dr. Adele Diamond. And I just love her name, by the way. And she did an analysis of all the studies done on executive function, which is basically our ability to organize around our goals and follow through on things. So she did a study. There's been tons of research on it. And she looked at all these studies. I think it was around 50. And she found that across all these studies, um, they found that... um, like basically your organizational skills or your executive function is a better indicator of school readiness than math or reading skills. So basically what I'm saying is that your ability to organize things, ideas, 
um, plan, you know, time manage, all that stuff really predicts your success in school more than your ability to successfully read or do math problems. Because with those, th- those things like math and reading, you need to learn how to organize information or break down a problem into steps. So I think the, the skill that you are, you are going to be teaching through this course and, and through your program is like the best foundation that a kid can have. So it's, it's really exciting. I think you're tapping into something super, super important. Thank you. Yeah, I think that this is something we just kind of, my best friend and I, because we run this business together, stumbled upon when we were talking about it. And she was, you know, asking me as the professional organizer, my advice on, you know, how my kids don't want to get organized or they don't know what to do. And so just breaking it down and helping her to understand that what organizing might look like from a kid's perspective and how to get them excited. Because this new younger generation is ingesting and and analyzing information in such a different way than their parents' generation. And and the world is so different and so much is coming at you information-wise, especially on screens. And so while I do think that the majority of uh, littles these days are kinesthetic learners, I think that we are have all been trained to become more visual learners. Uh, it's interesting because I was just um, discussing this, this with somebody else, and we were talking about how now when you're doing PowerPoint presentations, because I do speaking engagements, that you can't just use photos anymore. You need to use video. And with Instagram, you can't just post to your grid or post photos to your stories. Like it's all about reels and TikTok kind of revolutionize that. And even how, no offense, if I'm going to, if I have to look up information on how to do something like reset my clock because it's daylight savings, then I'm going to look at a YouTube video on how to do it. Then I, cause I'm also a visual learner Then how to like reading the manual on the website. No, thank you. Or the one that's in the glove box. Absolutely not. Don't even want to touch that thing. So I think that it's just kind of about understanding your kids and how to best uh, motivate them and teach them these skills and kind of build small. One of the other uh, ways that I try to explain it to parents is, you know, your kids can't learn multiplication and division in like third, fourth grade if they haven't learned how to do addition and subtraction in first and second grade. Your kids can't do first or can't do addition and subtraction in first and second grade if they can't, if they don't know their numbers. When are they learning their numbers? They're learning to count sometimes again before they're verbal. They're you're counting for them. You know, you're constantly saying, How old are you? And they tell you on their fingers how old they are. Like they have to know their numbers. And so it's the same with organizing. People think that organizing is complicated and it's got to be this talent that you're born with. And it's not, it's it's a learned skill. Anybody can learn it. Some people who are chronically disorganized will struggle with it more, but it's just like um, having the um, executive dysfunction. So I think, yes, I think we're tapping into something here where you can use these skills and then apply them in school. And like you said, when you're when you're more successful in school because of your ability to deal with um, executive function, then you're also going to be better in life right? We're, we're ultimately, you are the steward of a future adult. And while it's wonderful that you have this time with a child, your goal ultimately is to create an adult that can function in this world and, you know, contribute. And so these skills are going to help with that. Yeah, totally. And as a parent of this, you know, I love how you put it, you are like the steward of this future adult. It's like, what's really going to help them? I think about that. I'm like, okay, what is really going to help my daughter? And 
you know, helping her learn how to take on big tasks or like clean up all her toys after she spreads them all over over the floor into like bins so she can easily find them so she doesn't get frustrated when she walks down in the morning and wants to find her, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like that skill of managing your things and your, yeah, basically your things, you know, even though it can be more, is such an important skill, probably more important than, you know, more important on a whole than learning a, you know, unique uh, American history fact that they're definitely going to learn. You know, so that's something I want to invest in is in terms of really helping my my daughter be an organized individual so she's happier, you know, and can manage life. So I, I appreciate that. Well, I think it comes down to feeling more in control. That's what a lot of my clients will tell me is like, I need you to come in here because I feel out of control. And oftentimes it's, they feel out of control in what's going on in the world. There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of issues going on and we feel really anxious. And when we feel anxious, we feel like, what can we, what can we actually control? And there's very little we can control. We can control our emotions, our reactions, and we can control our physical space. And when you share that physical space with somebody else, you need to have them understand too how to control it and kind of set the boundaries of, you know, in our common rooms, everything needs to be neat and tidy. And maybe in your playrooms, we'll have a little bit more flexibility, but we're also going to implement, you know, weekly cleaning or whatever it is. But, you know, touching too on what you had just said with uh, your daughter and um, like cleaning up her room and knowing how to organize her toys. So one of the examples I like to use with parents is to illustrate and say, okay, um, you telling your little to organize and clean their room is like me telling you to organize and clean your house. Are you overwhelmed? So is your little, because you're giving them too big of a task. You need to give them something smaller. So when you're talking to your daughter, instead of saying, can you, can you put all your toys in the bin? Maybe, and do this with her, especially when she's young, because they want to just spend time with you as well. Um, But say like, okay, you pick up all the cars and I'll pick up all the animals or whatever it is. Or can you put um, all the blocks away while I put the books away or give them the option? You know, kids love to choose. They love to feel like they're in control. So which would you rather do? Would you rather pick up the costumes and put them in the bin? Or would you rather put the stuffies back in their bin? So kind of breaking it down for them is the same way that professional organizers help make that whole task of even organizing a room feel less stressful is by breaking it down, which is what we call eating the elephant. And when you say to kids, we're going to eat the elephant, they laugh because they're like, you don't eat elephants. And so then it's a really funny kind of way to explain what that concept means and just breaking it down and just then celebrating that one thing that they did, you know, just pick up your laundry, just pick up the books, whatever it is. Yeah. No, I think there's so much alignment with what you do and with what a lot of educators do. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was to kind of expand the, uh, I guess you could say, like possibilities for educators out there. So just to give a little background, on episode nine of of Earn More Tutoring, I had Leslie Jozel on. And Leslie, yeah, awesome, awesome human. And Leslie told me about NAPO, um, National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And 
I joined it, you know, maybe a year later or six months later uh, and took the courses and then started going to the chapter meetings. And that is where I met you, Lauren, and you did this awesome presentation on getting littles organized. And then you actually also included, I was so surprised and grateful, um, you included uh, myself and I think two other organizers who work with kids and um, they might have some intersections with education. But I wanted to maybe ask you, because I feel like something I'm so impressed with that you do is you just get yourself out there. You have such um, a vibrant personality and people, you know, like your, your presentation was amazing. I wanted to, I had been wanting to reach out to you before that, just because I'd seen your website and was so impressed with, with what you're doing. But then after your presentation, I was more so. Um, And I wanted to ask, like, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, yeah, basically your relationship with NAPO and how that helps support you know, your business and and your goals as a business owner? Well, first of all, thank you very much. Those are all very kind words. Um, And yes, I look, I found out about organizing after my second layoff in maybe three years and trying to then figure out, okay, you know, I'm coming from this really cutthroat industry of the fine arts industry, and it's really hard to find a job and you're fighting tooth and nail. And then there are layoffs and then trying to find the next job, you know, is really difficult. And so I was thinking, well, what are two other areas of interest I have? Actually, I was just thinking of um, event planning because I'm great at scheduling and organizing and I like throwing parties and I like themes and all of that. And so I interned for an event planner, but at the same time, a friend of mine from childhood said, Hey, I went to this networking meeting last night and I met a woman who's a professional organizer. Did you know that was a job? And I was like, absolutely not. And she goes, but you could do that. And I said, you're right. I could. And she said, she's looking for an intern. Would you be interested? And I said, of course. So I got in touch with her. And so I kind of did interning for those two at the same time, very quickly learned that, um, event planning can often be very thankless and there aren't a lot of boundaries around it. There's, there's a lot of time put into it, not in normal business hours. Um, and so then with organizing, it was really interesting because it was this natural talent or passion that I had, but then the challenge was combining that with learning how to run a business and learning how to work with clients. I've already been a people person my whole life, So that wasn't as tricky, but there are certainly been things I've learned or certainly things I've learned along the way how to do that. But then um, it was that organizer who took me to my first NAPO meeting in Los Angeles. And I got to know this incredibly supportive community and industry. And it was surprising to me coming from such a cutthroat industry. And um, so I moved up to San Francisco with a tech job, got laid off again about a little over a year later, was so tired of being laid off. And even though I was terrified, um, I thought, okay, I have no other choice here. I need to do something. Um, I'm going to try this out and see what, what happens. And I have to tell you, you asked me about, you know, NAPO and, and their involvement. And I couldn't have been as successful as I am without NAPO behind me, without a ton of veteran organizers behind me, constantly giving free advice and helping out and encouraging and supporting and sending business my way. Um, and I couldn't believe how good that made me feel. And I wanted to make sure that anybody coming into this industry felt that way. And so I've just been paying it forward. And 
just around the time that they asked me to do that presentation for the chapter is when you and two other organizers started. And I was like, this is amazing. There are other people doing this because this is a niche area that it doesn't seem like a lot of other organizers are doing. Um, Leslie Jozel works with high school and college students. And then Tiffany Blassingame, who's based in Atlanta, also works with um, kind of elementary and middle school age children. So she's another great resource. And so I mentioned the two of them also in the presentation, but it's just so important to highlight people who work in the different areas very closely related to you because I'm working with kids much younger. And so once I'm done with those kids, I want to have a safe place for them to land. And therefore having you to, you know, have clients reach out to is a big win for everybody. So that's kind of how I see it with NAPO and and paying it forward and connecting. And that I think the NAPO, uh, unofficial model is together we are better and it's true. Yeah, that's been my experience too. I'm I'm a part of a few organizations and I have to say NAPO is is like they have, they're living up to their creed and they're highly organized. Like I feel like I'm always someone's always checking in with me. As soon as I joined, I had like a mentor who reached out. We had a session. Um it feels like I don't I didn't just join and they, you know, and then it's like okay, we'll figure out how to make it work. Like there's been a lot of support and like the surveys come out and I can and I feel like I can be honest on those if I need something. So it's really cool. You know, it's like it's cool to like be an organization about <laughs> organization and then also actually be a highly organized organization and ensure the success of members. So that's that's why I'm excited to go to the conference. I I'm, you know, I'm willing to fly to Baltimore on an overnight to be around other organizers, and and I'm excited to see you speak. What is the? Can you tell us the title of your of your talk again that you'll be giving? Yeah, so I'm actually doing two, but the one that's related kind of to our talk today is um, "You're Never Too Young to Organize," and it's talking to organizers on how they can approach their clients to work with kids, because typically when we're working with clients, it's while the kids are in school. And so we're teaching them the skills that they're going to teach to their children. And it's important. I mean, it's nice to be able to work with the kids, but working with kids is very different. And I do touch on that because as we were mentioning earlier with your daughter in the dishes, depending on her age, you can't have her work for 30 minutes. You know, it's just too much time for her to have to then focus. Uh, You could maybe work for 30 to maybe an hour, 30 to 60 minutes with a seven or eight-year-old, but younger than that, you're talking 10 to 15-minute increments of focus time. So um, kind of approaching it that way and then um, giving them ideas like, you know, this is based off of the course that uh, my business partner, Mary Beth, and I are putting together to launch from Get Littles Organized to teach parents how to develop and create their A-team, and A stands for accountability, Um, because together, you know, you're doing it together. It's always better than having it fall on one person's shoulders. And then um, how to inspire kids. Like, even if you have some older kids, okay, well, how about we do a time-lapse and you can see how fast you can do it, or let's beat the timer or, you know, healthy game of sibling rivalry or ways that you can phrase it to make it more interesting for your kids than feeling like it's something that they have to do. Um, So all of that. And then we're doing another one on I'm a part of a panel that's discussing unleash your niche, which is going to be, I'm, you know, my niche area now is working with really young kids and, or the parents of very young kids. Um, and why it's important, you know, why it's sometimes helpful and better for your business when you can identify a niche. 
Yeah, no, it's that's what I keep hearing. I, I heard this quote. I so I just created this course, becoming an online executive function specialist, and I used Thinkific to host my platform. And I did one of their webinars on how to grow and develop your course. And they said the riches are in the niches. And I know there's two ways to pronounce it: niche or niche. Um, but I just think there's so many. Like I love how you rhymed, unleash your niche, and I think. That's a really important topic that it seems like people are afraid to do, right? Like they're afraid to niche down and really identify something. But like, what what can you tell us about when you do niche down? Because maybe you can give us a little teaser to the talk. Well, what's interesting is we've found, because I'm on a panel of four other organizers who have vastly different niches or niches. And um, what's interesting is I think a lot of us in the beginning, the majority of organizers start out as generalists, which is absolutely fine because you're wanting to get broad exposure and understand what you like and what you don't like. And there's so many different areas like residential versus corporate or in-person organizing versus virtual organizing. But then within that, all the different areas of, you know, okay, I only want to work with seniors. I only want to work with chronically disorganized. I only want to work on basements. I only want to work with closet design. And I think that's the reason that a lot of people are afraid to niche down is because they're worried it will pigeonhole them. And I can absolutely relate because in my former career in the arts, I did feel quite pigeonholed and that it was so hard to then find any available jobs because I was specifically in fine arts, uh, fine art photography. And there just wasn't a lot of growth or availability. And so when I, joined NAPO and started my business back in 2014, I was adamant to be a generalist for quite a long time. And it wasn't until my uh, fifth or sixth year in business that I've decided like, okay, I work with a lot of moms and I'm constantly solving this problem. And it just so happens that in uh, 2016, 2017, I knew like 32 people who were pregnant, whether they were friends, college friends, um, family members, people in my networking group, clients. And so it just kept coming about. And I was also writing a kid's book series on organizing uh, based on my experiences with my niece and certain uh, children of clients. And so it just seemed like a natural progression. And here's the thing, just because now that has become my specialty area doesn't mean that I can't help someone design a closet or I can't help somebody move and relocate. You want to be there for the area that you have a specialty in, but you obviously have a broad enough knowledge that if a client comes to you wanting to do something else and it seems like it's a good fit, that's something you can take on. So I just want to ensure people that like, or I guess reassure people that you're not pigeonholing yourself because you can do other areas, even if you then declare a specialty. I used to really want to help people learn financial independence. And that was like, I had this blog called Sonoma Savers and I was like trying to teach people. And there was just so many people doing that, right? But then when I kind of just focused on what I have the background around as a, you know, I have a master's in education and I've taught and, and I just started focusing on, well, I'm really good at that. There was ways to integrate my love for financial independence and education. So some of my clients are transitioning to college and so they wanted to learn how to create a budget. And so I was able to integrate that, you know, it's, it's, it's not the whole thing, but that's okay because 
there's so many other people who just focus on financial independence. And if I can kind of be at that intersection between, you know, organization and education and financial uh, intelligence, like that's a great sweet spot for me. And it's, it's kind of like a natural process, I imagine, for you too. It's like you, you know, you had to be let go from those jobs in order to find your true calling. And you had to be brave enough to like let go of, okay, even though maybe I, I was working on this career in fine arts, like this is my true passion. And that's, that's something I don't think everybody gets to experience. So it's really great that you were able to connect with that. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's the other thing that's so fascinating to me about this industry is that you are, and everybody who comes to professional organizing from another career and, and up until maybe a few years ago, that was the majority of people you were coming to organizing and learning that this was a thing. It wasn't always your first career. Now there, I do know of an organizer in Chicago um, Amy Traeger, who that is her first career. And she actually developed her own co- coursework in college to become a professional organizer um, in conjunction with NAPO. And so it's interesting now to see that there are people who are starting their careers off in professional organizing, but those who didn't, you can always bring something from your previous, any previous career can somehow be applied to then the organizing profession. And it's so fascinating when those um, questions come up on the point forum and people will say like, you know, how do you work with musicians? How do you work with teachers and people who are coming from an education background or people who come from a musical background or whatever it is, have so much information to share. And I think that's the other thing that's so fascinating about this industry is we are so, we believe that there's enough of the pie to go around that we actively share as much information as possible without feeling like somebody else is going to monetarily benefit from it and it's going to then take away from us. So Lauren, I've got a few hot seat questions for you. I'm wondering if you're up for the hot seat. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Yeah. When was the last time you changed your opinion about something major? I can't think of a very specific time quickly, but I'm learning. Watch, I'll like text you at 2 a.m. Be like, I figured it out. Um, But what I have been learning from that is or learning about that is to be open to seeing the different side of things. So I think what's interesting about organizing is I've become a less judgmental person because I'm a professional organizer and we can't really, you can't have judgment when you're going into people's homes and having gone into so many homes and seeing that we all are pretty much living the same way, pretending that we're not, you know, cause we're embarrassed that we're not neat enough or organized enough. Everybody's got their struggles, but, um, it has allowed me to be less judgmental. And then also it has allowed me to start seeing other sides of things and realizing that there is another side to every story. And even if I don't agree with it, trying to understand where that person's coming from. And sometimes that has made me realize like, okay, I could see how I could be on the other side of the fence with this. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah. I think that it's almost, it's like a great definition of empathy right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to be more open about it. And I think it's also just a sign of our times. We're trying to kind of do more research and make sure that we understand what's true from what may be like a a really bad game of telephone. Well, I read this on the internet and it's like, well, where did you read it on the internet? Did you just have one source or two or, you know, what, whatever it's related to. Who is your favorite teacher and why? Oh gosh, this is another great question. I had some amazing teachers. But the one that sticks out the most was my middle school science teacher, Mr. Hoffman. He 
just made learning fun and he was goofy. And what's so interesting about Mr. Hoffman is that his desk was a freaking mess all the time. And he even had a sign on his desk that said a clean desk is the sign of a boring mind or something like that. And so, you know, he fully embraced his mess. Um, and he, the other thing that he, he would do is he would, for each of his class, when we would have a test, he would create questions revolving around the individual student. And so you felt like you really belonged and were seen and you were a part of that test instead of just like a train is moving at X number of miles this way. And a train is moving at X number of miles the other way. At what point will they meet? It's like, Lauren is on the train headed for New York and she wants to meet. So once, you know, she wants to meet Brian and, and, um, uh, Philadelphia and he's coming from wherever, you know, where will they meet? And so he just made the question so much more interesting and personable. And that made you want to answer it more than just like a boring textbook question. So I just think I love the way that he made learning fun and relatable and laughable. And I like to think that when I'm giving my presentations or I'm teaching my clients, I'm trying to do the same thing. And, and we do that too, with get littles organized. We want kids to laugh and enjoy and have fun with doing the organizing. We don't want this to be this stupid chore they have to do like paying taxes. <laughs> that is a great story about that teacher though. It's uh, just hearing it. One thing when I, when I completed my teaching credentialing program and I was about to go into the classroom, I was just Googling stories, looking for stories of good teachers, almost like a chicken soup of the soul for teachers or something. Cause mm -hmm. I, I just find I learn so much more from just a story than like a textbook explanation. It's like what you were saying about directions. Like I hate to read like cut and dry directions, but if there's a story or a song or some, some fun way to teach it and and man, that's a great idea to involve students. Just put their names on your tests. Like, yes. they're like, yo, I'm on this one right here. They're like, I'm in the test. In fact, another teacher of mine that was, what, what did she, she was another science teacher. Um, and I think I was in her, phys, I think I was in her physics class in, in high school. And she, <laughs> this is such a random thing, but I am not a giant fan of apples. And one of the reasons I'm not is because I don't like the skin. And one day we were volunteering at like a Habitat for Humanity thing. And I had an apple and I didn't have a knife. And so I peeled the apple with my teeth and she was shocked that this was like a dumb pet trick that I could do. And so then she talked about like the circumference of the apple or whatever it was. And so like, she even included me on a, a test question once. And again, that one I was a little more embarrassed about because I think some of the kids were like, what the heck? And kind of made comments. But I think that it's so much more interesting when you kind of custom tailor the test to the students. If they named a book after you, what would the title be? <laughs> oh no, I have no idea. <laughs> You know, what's funny is um, maybe they would call it hyper-organized. And I joke about this because in my first career working at Christie's Auction House in New York, my business manager, um, which I was working in the fine arts photography department. And so I had, you know, I had a, a supervisor and then there were specialists and I was just the administrator in the department. And then we had business managers that were assigned to the different departments. And I remember being a, probably in one of my reviews, one of my employee reviews. And he said, you are hyper-organized and it's not even just organized, you're hyper-organized. And I was like, I love that. That's so great. I am hyper-organized. And then, so when I was going to start my organizing business, I was going to call it hyper-organized. And a bunch of people reached out to me and said, don't do that. That sounds way too intense for people who 
just kind of want to learn the basics or are already feeling overwhelmed. Like they don't want somebody now who's going to be crazy about it. And I was like, okay, that is so fair. And then since then, I thought of two other business names that I love, but that would never work. Um, the first is um, good enough, good enough organizers. Because oftentimes we are telling our clients like, if you're looking for perfect, it's never going to get there. You're going to constantly be revising the system anyway. And so it's it done is better than perfect. And so even one of my uh, clients, her family motto is good enough. But if you were just a kind of good enough organizing or good enough movers, you'd be like, hmm. And then the other one is the clumsy organizer. Cause I can be a little bit clumsy, but again, nobody wants to hire the clumsy organizer. So who knows? One of those could be a book title, but I'll have to think about that. My dad wrote a book on his, his, he wrote a memoir and he had a really great title. And so maybe I should think of one too. So Lauren, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. I'm so glad we were able to have this chat. I can't wait to see you in a month. If people want to connect with you, follow your work, get on the wait list, where should they go? I've had so much fun with you too. And I can't believe the time has flown by. So I hope that we're able to do this again, hopefully on the glow Instagram account. So if you guys want to follow that, it's get it's at get littles with an S organized and organized for anybody who's listening internationally is with a Z. It's the American spelling. So get littles organized on Instagram. And we do have a website with a um, wait list for our forthcoming course, which we hope to have launched later this year. And you can find that at getlittlesorganized.com. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you want to join my free online business school, click on the link in the show notes. And please leave a review and rating and crush that subscribe button with your Thor hammer. See you soon.